Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Manim. I remember I have Ram Gold. All right, and the name of Zekhus Ksubis, Daf Mem Test. The fourth parak, Narshini Spatasa. The Zikhu Mesekhus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hakazakhas Torah. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara asks regarding a kala that was given over to the husband Shluchim. If she returns to her father's house before reaching her husband, does she revert to her original state of being in his Rishus? Ravan said this issue has already been decided by a brisa taught in the base Midrash of Rabbi Shmuel, which taught, the nether amano grusha kosher aswal nafsha yakumaleh. But the nether of an amano or grusha, anything she prohibited upon herself, shall be binding upon her. Now what's this coming to teach us is obvious that once a woman is an almana or divorced, that her nadarim are own. Rather, it's to teach that if the girl was handed over to the shulchei abal, the husband's shulchim, and and she was widowed or divorced while on the way, once a daughter leaves the father's shus for any length of time, he can no longer annul her vows. Pointing to the next mission states, A father is not chayv to provide for his daughter's sustenance while he's still alive. The Gemara says that this implies that he's chayv in his son's sustenance, and even with regard to his daughter, There's no chayv, but it is a mitzvah to provide for her. The Gemara asks who the ton of the Mishnah is, given that it cannot be any of the three Tanai mentioned in the following brisa, for it was taught, Rebmer says that it's a mitzvah to provide for one's daughters and Kavachomer's sons who are engaged in learning Torah. Rebbe Yudah says it's a mitzvah to sustain one's sons and Kavachomer, one's daughters, Mishum Zilusa, because of the disgrace they'll face if they have to beg for food. Rabbi Yochum Mabroka says, It's a chiv to sustain one's daughters after the father's death, but during the father's lifetime, both sons and daughters are not sustained even as a mitzvah. The world will clarify that, in fact, the Mishnah can be according to any of the three Tanayim. And pointing with you, Rabbi Elah said in the name of Reish Lakish, who said it in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Chanina, in Usha, the Chachamim instituted that one should provide support for his sons and daughters when they are minors, which Rashi defines is until they grow to Saros. It was asked whether the Halacha goes according to Rabbi Elah taught, and the Gemara brings incidents to prove that the Amoraim only shamed but did not compel a father to support his young children. When fathers who were not supporting their children came before Rav Chizda, he said to them, Turn over a mortar in public and let the father or an announcer stand on top of it and announce, Urva boy boy Even a raven wants his children, and that man does not want his children. We see the Rav Chizda only shamed the father, but did not compel him to support his children. The Gemara asks if the raven really wants its children. For the Pusik states, Hashem gives food, Livnei Orev Ashiyikru, to young ravens that call out. Rashi explains that we see that Hashem provides for them because ravens do not sustain their young. The Gemara answers that the Pusik is referring to young ravens that are white, whereas the announcement is referring to older ravens when they turn black. Rashi explains that ravens hate their young when they're white, but love them when they turn black. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara asks regarding a kala that was given over to the husband Shulchim, if she returns to her father's house before reaching her husband, does she revert to her original state of being in his Rishos? Rava said this issue has already been decided by a brisa taught in the base Midrash of Rabbi Shmuel, which taught, but the nether of an almano or grusha, anything she prohibited upon herself, shall be binding upon her. Now what's this coming to teach us is it's obvious that once a woman is an almano or divorced, that her nadarim are own. 
Rather, it's to teach that if the girl was handed over to the Shulchei Abal, the husband's Shulchim, and she was widowed or divorced while on the way, once a daughter leaves the father's Ashus for any length of time, he can no longer annul her vows. Pointing to the next mission states, A father is not chayv to provide for his daughter's sustenance while he's still alive. The Gemara says that this implies that he's chayv in his son's sustenance, and even with regard to his daughter, There's no chiyu, but it is a mitzvah to provide for her. The Gemara asks who the ton of the mission is, given that it cannot be any of the three Tanai mentioned in the following b'risa. For it was taught, Mitzvah says that it's a mitzvah to provide for one's daughters and Kavachomer's sons who are engaged in learning Torah. Rabbi Yudah says it's a mitzvah to sustain one's sons and Kavachomer, one's daughters, Mishim Zilusa, because of the disgrace they'll face if they have to beg for food. Rabbi Yochum Mabroka says, It's a chiv to sustain one's daughters after the father's death, but during the father's lifetime, both sons and daughters are not sustained even as a mitzvah. The world will clarify that, in fact, the Mishnah can be according to any of the three tonight. And pointing with you, Rabbi Ilah said in the name of Reish Lakish, who said it in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Chanina, in Usha, the Chachamim instituted that one should provide support for his sons and daughters when they are minors, which Rashi defines is until they grow two sorrows. It was asked whether the halacha goes according to Rabbi Ilah taught, and the Gemara brings incidents to prove that the Amoraim only shamed but did not compel a father to support his young children. When fathers who were not supporting their children came before Rav Chizda, he said to them, Turn over a mortar in public and let the father or an announcer stand on top of it and announce, Urva boy boy Even a raven wants his children, and that man does not want his children. We see the Rav Chizda only shamed the father, but did not compel him to support his children. The Gemara asks if the raven really wants its children. For the Pusik states, Hashem gives food, orev to young ravens that call out. Rashi explains that we see that Hashem provides for them because ravens do not sustain their young. The Gemara answers that the Pusik is referring to young ravens that are white, whereas the announcement is referring to older ravens when they turn black. Rashi explains that ravens hate their young when they're white, but love them when they turn black. All right, so now we go to our Simvadaf Memtes, and our standard sim relates to meat, but we use a butcher to make it more distinct. So here goes. The butcher's daughter, who arrived back at her father's shop when her husband died while she was traveling with the shluchim, was resentful to her father, who only fed her growing up because it was a mitzvah. And that was only after Basin shamed him when she was a minor, calling him worse than a raven. Once again, it's emotion. The butcher's daughter, butcher, that must mean Randaf Memtes, meat. The butcher's daughter, who arrived back at her father's shop when her husband died while she was traveling with the shluchim, which reminds us, we learned that a call given over to the husband's shluchim, if she returns to her father's house before reaching her husband, she does not revert to original state of being in its shirts. We learned this from the Pasuk, Neder Alman or Grusha, Kosher, But the Neder of an Alman or Grusha, anything she prohibited upon herself, shall be binding upon her. Now, what's this coming to teach? As it's obvious that once a woman is an Alman or divorced, that her Nadarim are her own. Own. Rather, it's to teach that if the girl was handed over to the Shulchei Abal and she was widowed or divorced, while well, on the way, once a daughter leaves the father's shoes for any length of time, he can no longer annul her vows. 
So the butcher's daughter, who arrived back at her father's shop when her husband died while she was traveling with the shluchim, was resentful to her father, who only fed her growing up because it was a mitzvah, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, Av A father's not chayv to provide for his daughter's sustenance while he's still alive. The Gemara says that this implies that he is chayv in his son's sustenance, and even with regard to his daughter, there's no chayv, but it is a mitzvah to provide for her. The Gemara asks who the ton of the Mishnah is given that it seemingly cannot be any of the three Tanaim mentioned in a brisa. So the butcher's daughter, who arrived back at her father's shop when her husband died while she was traveling with his shluchim, was resentful to her father, who only fed her growing up because it was a mitzvah. And that was only after Basin shamed him when she was a minor, calling him worse than a raven. Which reminds us, the rabbin only shame fathers who do not want to support the young children. They do not compel them to support them. Rav Chista would have someone announce on a turned-over mortar that such a father was worse than a raven who wants its young, and this man does not want its young. The Gemara clarifies that the announcer is referring to black ravens, for when the ravens are young and white, the parents do not feed them, and they must turn to Hashem. So once again, the butcher's daughter, who arrived back at her father's shop when her husband died while she was traveling with the shluchim, was resentful to her father, who only fed her growing up because it was a mitzvah. And that was only after Basin shamed him when she was a minor, calling him worse than a raven. All right, now it's time for Four Blabach Hazara. Daf Mem Hay. So the simmer Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. So here goes. The three Naras playing Execution Monopoly. Monopoly? That must be more than Daf Mem Hay. The three Naras playing Execution Monopoly and try not to land on Father's House, City Gate, or Tight Neck, which reminds us, Shiva taught a brace of the Tat, Shosh Midos Benara. There are three types of execution with regard to a Naru who committed adultery as an Arusa, dependent on when the witnesses came to testify against her and how old she was at the time of the conviction. So the three Naras playing Execution Monopoly and try not to land on Father's House, City Gate, or Tight Neck, were joined by the famed Nara, who became a Bagaris, who was upset her accuser did not have to pay the Kanas. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains that in the case of a Narmarasu, who was a Nara when she sinned, but a Bulgaris when she was judged, she gets skilled because her adulterous actions caused her punishment. And when she committed adultery, she was a Nara. Whereas in the case of the defamer, Akimusvas of Garmulo, the curving of his lips referring to his defamation caused him to be high of a punishment. And at the time he spoke, she was already a Bulgaris. Therefore, he cannot be given the punishment for one who defames a Nara. So the three Naras playing execution monopoly and try not to land on father's house, city gate, or tight neck were joined by a defamed Nara who became a Bulgaris, who was upset or accused her to not have to pay the Kanas, and who had just come from a town with majority of idolaters where stoning was done at the entrance of Basin. Which reminds us, it was Tana Bright said, Anar Marasa that commits adultery, we stone her at the entrance of her father's house. If her father has no house, we stone her at the entrance of the city's gate where she committed the adultery, and in a city with a majority of idolaters, we stone her at the entrance of Basin. Daf Memvav. So the similar Daf Memvav is a cow that goes moo. So here goes. The Rachel going around town on a cow. Cow? That must be one Daf Memvav. Moo. The Rachel going around town on a cow telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, Hazar la Motsi Shemra Monalan, from where do we derive the source for the warning of a defamer? Belazar says it's from the Pasuk Oseilich Rachel, you should not go out as a gossip monger. And Rabbi Nassim says it's from the Pasuk Vinishmar to be called Davara, beware of any evil Davar referring to a word. The Gemara explains why each one did not hold of the other one's source. So, the Rachel going around town on a cow telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra, 
lost control and charged through a spread out clean new sheet that the girl's father was holding, which reminds us that whether the defamer must have had relations with her in order to be punished with Malchus and the fine, the Chamim hold, that he's punished whether he had relations or not. And Rebelezer and Yaakov holds, he's only punished if he had relations with her. The Gemara asks how the Chamim will hold that he does not have had to have relations with her understand various psukim. When it asks how they understand the Pasuk Parshua Simla, and they spread out the sheet, it answers Rabbi Avo who said, Parshuma Shasamla. They clarify the accusation that he placed on her, as it was taught in Abraham, said that witnesses come from both sides, Uborin Esadavar Kisimla and they clarify the matter like a new sheet. So the Rachel going around town on a cow, telling people that Pony was warned not to commit Motsi Shemra, lost control and charged through a spread out clean new sheet that the girl's father was holding, which he had bought with the kes of Kedushin he received. Which reminds the next mission opens the a father Zoha and his daughter's Kedushin to receive the money. The more asked for the source for this and after rejecting several answers returns to its original source from the parsha of a Jewish ship who becomes a Nara, where the Pusik states, she shall leave free of charge without payment. From the superfluous phrase, Without payment, it can be inferred in Kesav Adun Zeh, Adun There's no payment made to this master, meaning no money is needed to purchase the girl from his Rishus, but there is payment made to a different master upon leaving his Rishus. And who is this? Her father. Daf Memzain. So the symbol Daf Memzain is a maze. So here goes. The corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her customer at the Paris Xus and Kalim when she unexpectedly passed away after Arison after getting lost in the maze, just as the rub was preparing the Xuba and was writing the words Shere Xusa Onasa. Once again it's a motion. The corn maze property maze that must be Randaf Memzayan. The corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to, which reminds us, we have a malchokas if a father can consume the produce from his daughter's properties. So, the corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her chassan with her parents, Xus and Kalim, when she unexpectedly passed away after Arison when she got lost in the maze, which reminds us, we have malchokas whether a chassan has the rights to Paris, Xus and Kalim if the kala dies before Nesuin, and the more compares this malchokas to the malchokas whether a kala gets the Tosefus Ksuba when the chassan dies after Arison. So the corn maze property the daughter inherited that her father had no rights to was acquired by her chassan with her Paris Susan Kaling when she unexpectedly passed away after Arison when she got lost in the maze, just as the Rav was preparing the Ksuba and was writing the words Shera Ksusa Vaonasa, which reminds us we have different opinions regarding the meaning of the terms Shera Ksusa Vaonasa. Daf Memches, so the similar Daf Memches is Brainiac. So here goes. The Brainiacs, Brainiacs, that must be one Daf Memches. The brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible. Which reminds us, we have Malchokas if a husband is required to provide flutes and a lamenter at his wife's burial. The Gemara says that the Malchokas is in a case where it's the husband's custom to have the flute and a lamenter at a woman's funeral, but it's not her family's custom. The Tanakhama holds, when we say that a woman rises to her husband's status but does not descend to it, this applies in her life, but not after her death. Rebuto holds, this principle applies even after her death. So, the brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible. 
that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property, which reminds what Chissa said in the name of our Ukva, one who went insane, Basin goes down to his property and supports and maintains his wife and his sons and daughters, because we assume the father who went crazy would have wanted to support his children. This is different than a father who travels overseas. Since he could have arranged support for his children before departing, but did not, it indicates that he does not want to support them in his absence. Nonetheless, he must support his wife, because that's one of the Tanai Kasuba. So the brainiacs who got hired to play the flute and to do the lamenting at a wife's burial were so horrible that the woman's father went insane, requiring Basin to organize support for his wife and children from his property. And her sister died from shock right after she had been handed over to the husband's shluchim, enabling her husband to retain her dowry, which reminds us. The next Mishnah states, Once the father has handed his daughter over to the husband's agents, she is in her husband's rishus. There's a malchus regarding what it means that she's in his rishus, and the Bryce refutes every opinion except for Shmuel's, who says it's regarding her Yerusha, that the delivery is only effective for her inheritance. If she dies on the way, her husband retains the dowry. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our 10-question pop quiz. Number one, which Daphne of Malchuk is if a husband has to provide flutes and a Mokonenis at his wife's funeral? That's on Duff. Mamches. Good. Number two, which stuff do we have different sheets regarding one's responsibility to feed his daughter? That's on Duff. Memtes. Good. Number three, which stuff do we have Malchuk is if a husband gets the Paris, Xus, and Kalim of a Kala that died after Arison? That's on Duff. Memzine. Good number four. Which stuff do we have different sources brought for where there's an Ahazara, a warning for Motsi Shemra? That's on Duff. Membuff. Good number five. Which stuff do you learn if a father goes insane, then Basin goes down to his property to provide support for his wife and his children? That's on Duff. Memchas. Good number six. Which stuff do you have in Malchuk is whether one who defames a Yasoma is put from paying the fine? That's on Duff. Memdod. Good number seven. Which stuff do you have different opinions regarding the meaning of the words Sherek Susa Onasa? That's on Duff. Memzine. Good number eight. Which something when the Rabban would shame fathers who didn't support their young children? That's on Duff. Memtes. Good number nine. Which something when a Nara who's a Bulgaris at the time of her conviction gets skewer, but her defamer, if found guilty, does not have to pay the fine? That's on Duff. Memhe. Good at number ten. What's something when that once a daughter is given over to her chassan shluchim? If she returns home before reaching her chassan, she does not revert to her father's rishus. That's on Duff. Memtes. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham. Wishing you a great day and great learning.